Hello, hello. What's up? What's good? Ni hao. Bonjour, privyet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, artistic, and talented people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Ah, we have a terrific show for today with another 2020 Reflections episode. Today, we feature the ever-so-talented Trevor Dion Nichols. Trevor was one of my favorite conversations of the year, and he was first on the show back in June for episode 100. Yeah, landmark episode 100. Now, today's conversation is going to be broken up into two parts, because every time that Trevor and I chat, our conversations always end up being long in duration. And today's conversation was no exception, so it's broken down into two parts. Trevor is a multi-talented performer whose credits include playing the genie in the musical Aladdin and George Washington in the West End production of Hamilton. Trevor's musical projects go beyond the theater, and earlier this year he released an album, Your Fears Will Not Be Soothed, as part of Neighborhood Goliath. The newest single from Neighborhood Goliath is called Shallow, and we will play a snippet of it at the end of today's episode. On today's episode, Trevor chats about the emotional valleys that come with a performer in 2020 and the, and the juxtaposition of a world that consumes art but doesn't think about its artists. And Trevor discusses what his why was, his internal motivation that galvanized him through the difficulties and when he wasn't working and had no performances. Ah, from the first moment we ever spoke, Trevor and I have instantly clicked. We share a lot of common interests, especially music, and I deeply admire uh, his life's mission and his, his philosophy on living. He's tremendously intellectual, but he's also deeply passionate about what he does, and I think the combination of those two characteristics are some of the main reasons why he has been so successful. Thrilled to bring Trevor back, so let's go ahead and welcome performer from Neighborhood Goliath, Hamilton, Aladdin, voice actor, and just a wonderful music aficionado, Trevor Dion Nichols, and let's learn. Oh man. Dude, how have you been? I'm wonderful, man. I'm wonderful. You? I'm alive. Hell. I'm alive. Like, I'm alive. <laughs> so awesome to see you, first of all, number one. Easily. Dude, it's good to see you as well. One of, my, have- one of my favorite conversations of the year was easily with you. I know after, after I did, I was just on a high for a while. I, of course, listened to Pinkerton on repeat for about a month. And, Absolutely. You know, I've been following you, but this is also, it was one of those conversations that just will probably always stay with me. So I appreciate that. And, uh, man, I appreciate it too. Like, I, I literally said after we finished, like, as I was talking to friends and stuff, I was like, that was uh, one of the best experiences I've had. And I was <laughs> like, I feel like I'm sad me and this dude aren't in the same place. Like, we could have, like, we could, like, hang out. Yeah, we could. We tried to. We tried to, but <laughs> something got in the way. A L- little something got in the way. It is November. Uh, I haven't worked in eight months. Well, that's not true. I haven't, I haven't done a show, like a full show in huh. eight months. Uh, I'm out of contract. I'm just sitting here freelancing. You can use whatever you'd like. You're surviving. You're here. You're here. Despite all here. of that, you're here. here. So here. all that being said, with this kind of tragic year that it's been, summarize that year for me. Oof, this year. Yeah, it's where do we begin? Yeah. It's not... Uh, this year has not been thriving. This year has been surviving, and that's okay. Um, and there's yeah. points where it feels like that's not okay, and it feels like that's a struggle, and because it is. But at the same time, it's allowed to feel heavy. It's allowed to feel difficult. Um, 
But if you're still here and you're still kicking around and you're still pushing in any way, even if that's, even if you're pushing the tiniest pebble and not the, the, the biggest boulder, yeah. uh, it's all still valid and important, but what a wild yeah. ride it's been like, yeah. what a wild ride. And it's not over. That's no. the thing. No. It's not over. Um, we have prospect of change with, with a new, a new vaccine. Um, we have prospect of change with, with, uh, people in industries adapting. Uh, us in the entertainment industry overall have seen a vast mm-hmm. lack of support globally, yeah. um, which has been really disheartening and disappointing because we give so much of ourselves to entertain yes. people and are then treated like third-class citizens when it comes to the taxes we pay not yeah. coming back to help us. And that's been such a shocking and eye-opening experience so it's been difficult in that sense it's been painful in that sense it's been a journey of up and down mental health and up and down uh just like i've gone through every phase of lockdown at this point i went through like the the really productive phase when we initially spoke and i was being hyper productive i've gone through the the dips and rises of uh anxiety and depression that have been continuous i went through the phase where i was working out at home a whole bunch every day um like it's literally been all the thing the binge watching phase like i've lived i feel like i've lived eight lives in, in one calendar year. And that's wild. That's yeah. wild. The exhaustion from that, the burnout, the emotional burnout from that um, is valid. And so whoever, whoever's listening, um, not to get so existential so early, but uh, whatever you're experiencing right now, um, whether it feels okay, mm-hmm. whether it feels difficult, whether it feels bad, uh, don't let anyone else's experience indicate what you should and shouldn't be feeling or how you should and shouldn't be working through this. It's up to you. And it's finding your own ways of coping and it's finding your own ways of surviving. And so right now I'm surviving and I'm, it's been a pretty good day. Um, so I'll take it. And it's definitely a day by day year. Yeah. Like that's, that's been 2020. Yeah. Well, extremely well said and accurate. And I appreciate that. And despite living all those lives, the hair is not too long. So I'm surprised you don't have more of a quarantine hair going on. Because it was, for me, no, I haven't cut it, and, cut it in over a year. Yeah. You didn't know how rough it got. It got really rough. But like, like London opened up and the barbershops opened up. Yeah. So like I could go back to my barber. Now, I haven't yeah. seen him in, we've been in lockdown. We went in lockdown right before my, for my birthday on November 5th. Hmm. We went back into lockdown here in the UK. Wait, what day is your, la- your birthday? November fifth. Okay, 5th. I gotta add that because I am more. I am like the guy who needs to have those memorized. So I gotta add that. Oh, too. I appreciate. It. I can't remember anyone's birthday. I barely remember my parents' birthday. Oh God, if they hear this, um, uh-huh. we'll I barely that, remember yeah. my parents' birthdays. <laughs> my mom is easy because my mom is Christmas Day. Yeah. My dad, I have to look at the calendar. I'm just like it's in May. I can always tell you the month, but I'm horrible with birthdays. Um, you mentioned but, a bit uh, about uh, one thing that I think that you identified. You said it's been difficult for performers, for artists, and, and I think yeah. it's it's lost on everybody else because the it's a uh, it's a cruel juxtaposition because during the lockdown, what did everybody else do? Right, everybody else talked about all the shows they were watching, all the mm-hmm. music they're listening to, all the books they're reading. Mm-hmm. Art was consumed exponentially at an, an increase. So where do you but, think that art is coming yeah, from? Where did it come from? <laughs> and you're suffering, you're struggling, and you're one of many. And it's a weird juxtaposition, right? We rely, everybody else is looking to you saying, hey, we need art. Thank you for it. But they don't realize that you need it now. And that- Yeah. The thing is, I don't think a lot of people acknowledge um, 
where all that, I don't think a lot of people acknowledge the full scope of no. Uh, no. gratitude uh, of, of, or how many people in the, in the arts industry deserve gratitude. That's yeah. not just the people on your screen. That's everybody who made that thing happen. That's everybody yeah. who did hair, makeup, costumes, uh, people who built sets. Like this is TV, film, theater, music, radio, every form of entertainment that people have been consuming in mass, like consuming in mass through these months. Um, there are not just the person who's performing is yeah. not the only person who has been having issues of, right. of an industry that has shut down and uh, governments that have done little to, to aid us and to leave us kind of like out on the vine um, until, until we rot and fall off. Like, and that's what's so disappointing is watching. Like I'm, I'm living in London, like the history of theater here and the history of the mm -hmm. arts and to watch that just struggle struggle to breathe which yeah. is ironic considering this this uh virus um just, just, just to watch theaters shutter and like literally as you as you walk through pre-lockdown if you go through soho in london um a lot of the theaters there like you like you walk through the west end and there's theaters all over the place and so many of them like the literally the front of the theaters are boarded up and there's like the restaurants next to them have expanded their outdoor seating because they can't see people inside and i'm like we're i'm like ooh, that's a that's a nifty and and honestly novel uh and and thoughtful way to to use the space but it's heartbreaking to see yeah. these places that yeah. would be filled with people who go to experience something like they can't anywhere else which is a live performance live theater live concerts if i listen i'm guilty as well i watch them constantly i watch all the live streams i've done a few different live stream events um but it's not the same it's not the same we we take it because it's like what else are we going to do i stayed up to like three in the morning at one point to watch an alien ant farm live stream because they're like live from la mm. and i was like i'm gonna stay up and watch this because not like i have to go to work tomorrow <laughs> so, <laughs> so i'm gonna stay up and watch this and like it's just you watch and, and some people have been so creative with it like if you've uh seen uh ben folds did a whole series a whole mm. series of live streams because he got stuck in australia and so he just was in this apartment just doing a different live stream each week. And he would sit there, he'd take requests. He'd like sit there, crack open a beer, sit down and just like play on this, on this keyboard. Not definitely not his normal yeah. setup, but just like just people, artists having to stretch those muscles. Cause yeah. what else are we going to do? I, I think you've definitely been taken for granted. All artists, performers have been taken for granted. And there's two reasons for that. One, it's because everything's so accessible, right? Everything's just mm -hmm. on the phone. You can, if you don't like that show, you go to the next, on the next. Mm -hmm. There's so many streaming servers. There's so much content. That's number one reason. And the second reason is just that it takes time, right? If a TV show was released now, it was made a year ago. So we, yeah. they don't see yeah. the lacking. There was never a time mm -hmm. that anyone kind of internationally were like, we don't have anything to watch. What are we going to do? What are, oh my God, the artists. So since that didn't occur, I think that's why that happened. How did you handle the uncertainty? Because when we first chatted, when we first chatted, you were, I, I know you mentioned you've lived eight lives, but you also, you, you weren't a fatalist. You had a little bit of optimism to you. And it's incredible that that was so early in the summer. So how did yeah. you handle, how did you handle the emotional ups and downs of, don't worry, 
it's two weeks, everything back to normal that you probably heard from someone. And then someone else said, no, this is going to be a month. And then you heard it was three. And it's like, well, I'm going back to work. Just the ups and downs roller coaster that you had to face every day, not knowing how you're going to get money, how you're going to work, just how you're going to live. Yeah. How do you handle all those ups and downs and uncertainty? Um, sometimes well, sometimes poorly. <laughs> like there's definitely like, I've had my, I've had my freakouts. I've had my breakdowns. I've had my cries, my screams into a pillow. Um, I've also had moments where I can feel optimistic and I can feel uh, like, like I'm making progress of some sort um, or that the, the world is making progress of some sort. There's been some creative outlets. Um, I've been doing a lot of voiceover, which has been great. Cool. Um, and that's honestly kept my roof over my head like that has sustained which i've been really lucky because i have this studio at home which makes it easier to send in an audition which makes it easier for somebody to say okay let's let's hire this dude um because if there's anything that has continued in the entertainment industry it's been animation um mm -hmm. so those type of voiceovers have been helpful very helpful uh but yeah sometimes it's too much sometimes it feels like it's too much and it weighs too much and i can't carry it and yeah. in those times uh I, like any other person, uh, may stumble and fall and uh, cry, but I, I look for windows to pick myself back up and to keep going. And so that's, that's the most honest thing is like, okay. it's sometimes it's okay. And sometimes it's just roll with the punches and sometimes it, it hurts. It hurts like hell. And it's yes. just, well, why keep going then? What's your why? What's driving you? Uh, because this isn't forever. This isn't forever. This isn't forever. Um, it feels like it because it feels like an eternity. And, and like I said, it's been eight months. It's been eight months. And it, it, um, in those eight months, it's both been very quick now looking back on it, yeah. but also the longest experience, like the longest eight months of my life. And I feel like it just keeps the, the 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 hits just keep on rolling like it's yeah. like one punch after another uh and they're all landing somewhere in the midsection and i'm taking all these hits <laughs> but it's not it's not forever it can't be forever it can't be it can't sure. be it's not possible for it to be forever mm -hmm. and everything everyone that can is galvanizing to uh dig us as humanity out of this out of this uh dilemma because we've been sitting in it and we're not always the most helpful to ourselves in it, but yes. um, there are plenty of people busting their asses to, to improve this and to improve the scenario and the situation so that there's less suffering and less death and less loss, not just of life, but of life experiences. Yeah. How did you handle the emotional troubles that come with a lack of identity? Two of the last roles you have have been gigantic, big personality you know you're the genie you're the president you're an actor you're a performer you're you're everything and when that's taken away from you there's got to be when you look and you're like well if i don't have this who am i yeah what yeah, that would you how do you how do you endure that um because it, it's not there's not a i haven't had a victory over that like there's still okay. oh like today today there's still such a lack of self and there's a lack of identity and it's almost it's almost uh, shameful. And I think a lot of people have experienced that shame when you realize how much of your identity is wrapped up in what you do as okay. opposed to who you just are. Um, 
but uh, I've definitely been guilty of that and that realization of like, I have these pieces, these things that uh, I used to define me. Not that, and, and others, other people use that to define you and that's the only version of you that they know, but the people who really care about you, that's not how they good define point. you yeah. anyway. That's a good point. Um, so that helps. That helps to know that, that the people who are around you that genuinely care, that are genuinely invested yeah. is you in you as a human being, that's not, that's not what they use for your definition. Yeah. Um, but uh, but to, to have that realization in self of be like, oh, something's missing in me. And then yeah. it's like, oh, this is the thing that I used to define myself because this is what I poured myself into. Yeah. Um, and that's frustrating, honestly. It's frustrating to have given so much of yourself to something that is then just not there. Yeah. And it's like, I've given years i've missed experiences for this craft and for this art form um i've i've sweat blood tears like genuinely literally yeah um shed all three for this craft for this art form for what i do to get on stage and to embody a character and to tell a story and uh speak truth through that medium And so to have that taken away is traumatic. It's traumatic. It's traumatic. It is. It's a a specific type of trauma that I didn't anticipate um, and has been (laughs) an evolving experience of of surviving. And it's, uh, I'm not going to stop pushing and surviving and doing everything I can to claw back to that point. There's been points when I've wanted to stop when I've been like, screw it. What if I just go back to West Virginia, get a normal job and just Mm -hmm. figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, More than once that's come across my head and I've just been like, but then I'm like the, what it felt like before I have to feel again. So you asked me earlier, why do I keep pushing? Why do I keep going? Because what it felt like before, I have to experience again. Yeah. Because that is unlike anything else I feel on earth. Mm-hmm. It is a very specific type of fulfillment that I figured out when I was young and I kind of grabbed onto it and was lucky enough to continue it into adulthood. And yeah. now I just turned 38. Now um, I'm like, well, I'm not stopping now. Like I've, yeah. I've, got, I've, got to, I've got to push through so that I can stand there and do what I do yeah. best because that's the thing I'm the best at and I have to keep doing it. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> when we were setting up, trying to set up today, you were, had to schedule around some auditions. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Oh, I, had a, been, I had a voiceover. I had a voiceover. Okay, so what's, was, the, what's been the, the new world of auditions like in this kind of this purgatory self-tape. that we have? Okay. Self-tapes. Everything self-taped now, which I hate, but I'm having to get, I'm having to adapt and get better at it. And so it's like, because now, and honestly, once things go back to normal, the likelihood is that self tapes will remain as like this first gate because what we're used to is like, yeah, I'm auditioning. I'm going to come in in person, do this audition. And now it's very much for anything that is occurring. It's very much self tape based. It's like, okay, tape this at home, send it over. And then, maybe tape again, maybe tape again. I have one audition. I, t- I did like four tapes in like cool. the span of like three days, which cool. was insane. And I didn't book it, which broke my heart. But 
um, it is this, it's a different, it's a different game. It's a different game. And self tapes existed before, yeah. but it's become the norm. And I wonder if there will be a point where we go back in an audition where you go in and you go into a room and there's people on the other side of the table and you shake everybody's hand and say hello. Yeah. And I don't know if that will return in that form. And uh, I mean, this is probably, this is definitely safer. Like, yeah, as far as not even just COVID, just like general viral load and spread. It's yeah. like, this is much safer. Like, yeah. But I miss that aspect of being face-to-face with somebody and being like, hey, nice to meet you. Here's mm-hmm. what I do. Let me do it for you in person. Yeah. I had another actor who said yeah. something similar, that they love that wow factor and that exhilaration that they get. And also the exhilaration of leaving an audition when you're yeah. on that buzz. And yeah. she, had, she had mentioned that so many things are weird and everything's changing that they even had a digital red carpet for one of her releases where you could go down. <laughs> yeah. You could zoom your red carpet outfit and she's like, no, I'm good. She didn't do it, but it just shows that, that everything yeah. has changed. Well, do you have upcoming projects that, that you've done voiceovers for that are going to be released? I, what can I share is the question. Yeah. I have two. Well, that's that good. I, I like share. hearing this, that you've got. I have three this is that I can't share. I have three projects that okay. I can't share any of them yet. I love I'm that. I'm doing something with, uh, I'm doing, I'm working on something with uh, Boomerang through Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on something that will be distributed by Disney. And then okay. I'm working on something uh, that will be on Netflix. And very so cool. Love it's it. like, it's, it's three very different projects, um, but they've all been really cool. And so when we're done recording, I'll tell you what they are. Awesome. Uh, but, awesome. <laughs> um, but no, I'm excited. I'm excited for them. They've been really fun. One specifically, I literally have... Uh, have a, a session tomorrow for for one specifically that I've really gotten to like take the ball and run with, and it's yeah. really exciting. So, well, and you know, when we look back on the year, uh, a lot of people like to say, you know, F two thousand twenty, screw two thousand twenty, and this is a new uh, tool that you're adding to your toolbox. So with that, yeah. with that, and everything you've been through, you lived you've lived eight lives, you've experienced so many different things. In what ways are you stronger? Are you better? Have you improved? What ways have you evolved this year? Yeah. Um, because here's the thing, uh, a lot of people have given this year a wash, and yeah. it's not that. No. Because if you're still here, you and I and Perseverance. everybody has learned a, a certain level of perseverance that we did not know we needed to have. But it is a, if you've learned nothing else this year, you, we, without even realizing it, you've learned uh, just how deep your survival instinct is and just how adaptable we can be as humans, some of us kicking and screaming to that adaptability, but we're still adapting. Um, and we're still here. We're still here. We're literally still here. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's a lot of us that aren't through this whole thing. Yeah. There's a large number of us that are not still here. Um, so the fact that we're still here shows uh, we're survivors and we're fighters and we learn and we adapt. Um, so if I've learned nothing else, it's that. I've also expanded my knowledge as a voice performer i've um i've tried to uh deepen my connections with family and tried to like really uh unpick because there's been a lot of time with my own head and i've and i feel like i've I've learned better to unpick um who i am based on my accumulated experiences up to this point like like tying things back to like 
oh, this is from this thing when I was a kid. This is from this thing when I was in my 20s. Like, yeah. And being able to identify those things and uh, try to shy away from the ones that, seem, that feel less flattering as opposed to seem less flattering, but the ones that feel less flattering. But also uh, just trying to learn and understand myself and my thought process and my emotions, my emotions, my emotions. Try to understand them better. Um, I've tried to be better at self self soothing, uh, which I think is is anyone who who fights the fight to to improve their their self soothing uh, is giving themselves a, a strong tool. But it's difficult, and I think I've been shitty at it. But I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm mm-hmm. trying. I'm trying. And it's just that um, that that any any form of expansion, any form of expansion, even if you're just like, okay, it's been eight months, I haven't done anything, but I read this one book that I hadn't read before. You've you've advanced yourself, even yeah. if it's like, okay, I did literally one push up in eight months. You've advanced yourself, yeah. and you have to give yourself credit for the receipts that you earn along the way. And on the flip side, if you did nothing, it's okay too, and it's, it's okay, okay just as much. if you no matter what you did, it was nothing. Okay. Because you're still, here. you're still here. Because you're still here. And there's That's no right or wrong enough. way to handle the pandemic no. in that sense. There's uh, no right or wrong way to survive. Like, exactly. I mean, minus like stepping over the bodies of your enemies. That, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's questionable. But. Exactly. When we first talked, you mentioned as a Londoner, you've been there a few years now. And, and one thing you <laughs> loved was that it's everything you want, but a little, a little less chaotic. Sundays, yeah. Sundays were the greatest for you. They were just such an amazing days for you to get out and experience London. With everything that's happened, so we mentioned how you, what you're most proud about yourself. So now, what are you most proud about being a Londoner? Hmm. Um, London's an incredible city, and watching London and watching Londoners crawl back to any sense of normalcy has been remarkable. Has been remarkable because uh, they are a emotionally tough bunch and can take a lot. And watching this theater industry here uh, get so creative and and find ways to create art. And um, there's been, I mean, we've had less restriction than uh, New York City, which has allowed uh, Mm. new ways to like, okay, I did a concert at the end of October, right before we, I did a Halloween concert at uh, the Phoenix Arts Club in London. And we, and they were like, they reached out and they were um, they were like we're trying to bring live pe- live live experiences back. Um, they're like socially distancing audiences and like that stuff and like they were phenomenal with their safety measures and their cleaning between sets and making sure everybody was like literally we stopped mid we got we got stopped mid sound check because they're like the bass player is too close to the singer so we have to maintain <laughs> these distances but we did it but i was yeah. like i appreciate those those steps towards keeping people safe so that they can experience anything and honestly that was uh one of the best the most receptive audiences i've ever done a concert for because it was so like everybody was so captivated and so tuned in and like so i think if anything London uh, is is starving to to have the the experience of live performance that that's always made it what it yeah. is. I mean, theater is one of the biggest draws of London. Like you come yeah. for the Crown Jewels, the Royals, and and the West End. Like it's like yeah. these are the things you come to London to see. Um, London's a beautiful city. It's green and it's lush and it's wonderful. But 
like that's that West End is one of the big staples of this yeah. city and that that's been missing and just live performance in general, mm-hmm. um, the cabaret clubs and the concert venues and all the things, all the things that are struggling right now, the ones that are have closed and won't be reopening. And then all the ones that you can, that continue to adapt. Ronnie Scott's one of the most famous and beautiful jazz clubs on the planet. Um, watching them adapt and stream and get in people that they can and get in audiences that they can. It has been uh, a show of resilience and again, adaptability. And that is what uh, has made me fall in love with London all over again. Food is still, food's still amazing. Of like, of course, food's still amazing. A cosmopolitan city of perpetual resilience. I think that's, uh, yeah. I look forward to getting back to soon. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Trevor. Be sure to give him a follow on Instagram to stay up to date with his upcoming projects. Astonishing Trev is his handle. The second half of our interview will be played tomorrow, where we catch up more on on the media that he consumed and the songs and the that served as a soundtrack for 2020. Stick around for a snippet of the Neighborhood Goliath single "Swallow," and we have a new book. We have a new book to promote. My newest book is now available. Curiosity, which celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has a unique expertise in endless wisdom and awaits the perpetually curious. Curiosity features over 200 episodes from the Any Given Runaway show and explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Available on Amazon, it features some of the greatest stories from the show and I hope you guys like it, and I would love if you guys scooped it up. Available now on Amazon, Curiosity. Thank you for listening. Fill out that passport. Wash your hands. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. When we are hurting, we invent ways to numb the pain. As we learn to medicate without medication, we do not heal but remain the same. Addiction is our crutch for heads and hearts that ache too much. Should never